Hello, listeners and fellow book lovers. Welcome to The Book Snug, a bi-weekly conversational podcast about books and the reading life. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Julia. We're a mother and a daughter who love reading and talking about books, the ones we adore and the ones we don't. We're delighted you're here, so grab your favorite hot drink or ice-cold beverage and settle in for another cozy, bookish chat. Hi, Mom. Hi, Julia. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I am good. I'm enjoying the last few days of what I would consider summer, because Mm -hmm. when August is over, I'm pretty much heading into the fall vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I have... I'm full. Fall. Full Head for it, yes. <laughs> I've been watching cottagecore fall stuff online. I've been able to hold off listening to my fall music, but okay. I am ready to pull out my fall decorations, all of it. I'm ready. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm trying to milk out the last few days of summer, and you are ready full steam ahead into autumn. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't complete my summer bucket list, and some of that is just money-related things, yeah. but... I, I'm ready to make my fall bucket list. I've already started to compile my fall reading list. Like, I'm I'm ready. Let's go. Bring it on. <laughs> I just, I am a fall person through and through. Yeah. And so I get ready for fall in July. And I, I like, I wait for this moment all year. So it's, I'm just, I just dive straight into it. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not wearing like a cable knit sweater and you have like dried leaves in your hair. Don't tempt me, Mom. I might show up someday with leaves in my hair and a sweater on. When I go for fall walks, I do put leaves in my hair. Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. And I will kick leaves around and I'll roll around in them. Like the whole thing. The whole thing happens. All right. I mean, I I don't want to give our listeners the impression that I don't love fall. Well, sure. I do. And I am ready for it to start. Mm -hmm. But I also love summer. So I'm enjoying these last few days, even though it hasn't really been warm the last couple of weeks, it's going to be very yeah. Hot it's it's week. ramping back up, and but the the evenings have still been very pretty, yes. which lovely. The sunset yeah. last night or two nights ago was stunning. Yeah, so there, summer is still really pretty, and it's still holding on pretty tight. But but you're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Are you drinking anything exciting today, Mom? I am just drinking a mint tea. Mm. From, I think it's Tezo. Okay, so you're jumping to Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I think of mint, though, as more of a light sure. summery tea, actually. Okay. okay. How about you? What are you drinking? Oh, chai all the way. Of course, because we're, we're all about the autumn. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. Even though our last episode, we talked about reading slums and ruts, which was very applicable at the time. Yes. We want to continue um, this theme of school starting and early beginnings of fall by talking about some of the books that we had to read in high school specifically. Right. We talked about a couple episodes ago, we talked about books that our teachers read to us in elementary Mm -hmm. school, but now we're bumping ahead several grades and we're going to talk about the things that we were forced to read. Yes. And As teenagers. Right. And this is going to be an interesting episode because there are some books on this list that we're going to share that you and I have very split opinions on. And we've talked a lot, uh, talked about in great length before. That's true. And we've talked about some of the books on the show before. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be a very interesting episode. 
what do you remember about your assigned reading or even about high school in general? <laughs> I don't I don't remember a whole lot because for one thing I graduated in 1987. Mm. So it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I was in high school. And I also pretty much through my uh, middle school and high school years suffered off and on with depression. Mm. And if you're familiar with depression at all, it can really impact your memory. Yeah. I don't have very clear memories of when I read certain books. I just know that I read them. Mm-hmm. I, I am also a very... <laughs> I don't want to say rebel rebellious, but, but I, you I have are. a rebellious nature when yes. it comes to feeling like somebody is making me do something mm-hmm. I don't want to do. And mm-hmm. even though I was a reader, even in high school, I did a lot of reading on my own. And we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit too. When somebody told me I had to read a book, it was all I could do to actually pick up the mm-hmm. book and read it. And some of the books we're going to talk about, I read part of the book, but not the whole thing, or I skimmed it enough to know what was Mm -hmm. going on. But I can't really say that I completely read every book that we're going to discuss here that I know I was supposed to read Mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. So my memories are a little fuzzy, but Mm -hmm. I I do remember reading and talking about the books that I'm going to mention today. Yeah. You you graduated a lot sooner. I mean, a lot closer to the present day than I did, Julia. So you probably have much fresher memories than I do. Well, yeah, I graduated in 2015, which it's crazy that that's almost 10 years ago. I know. Which is I'm sitting here with my mouth just (laughs) dropped open. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, it's bizarre. But listening to you kind of talk about your memories, I was reflecting on my own high school experience. And for me... I. Being in marching band in high school, that's a lot of my memories. Yeah, mine too, actually. And I had some difficult relationship and friendship things happening in high school. And I dealt with a lot of social anxiety. So a lot of my high school memories are wrapped up in that of remembering the the social dynamics that were going Mm -hmm. on at the time. So again, I don't remember a ton of what we had to read outside of the big name books that mm-hmm. we're going to touch on. Yeah. And I, I'm very much with you too on if I have to read a book, I throw a little fit about it. Like yeah. if I'm being told I have to think about these different themes, I have to talk it out. What's the structure? I yeah. don't enjoy reading it as much, which then makes it feel like that much more of a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to read one of these books on my own, I'd probably enjoy it, but I wouldn't be picking up the thematic elements or the, structural designs of the stories if you will um but i would enjoy the story more so it's kind of like which side of the coin do i want do i want to develop those reading skills or do i want to enjoy the story yeah the reading and the evaluating skills right which i always hated i hated that because it, it detracted from my from my enjoyment of the story i didn't like it in high school but i am definitely that kind of reader now i'm sure that just came with maturity yeah But no, in high school, I was not disciplined, and I just wanted to read what I wanted to read. I didn't want people to tell me what I had to read. Mm -hmm. Plus, I viewed myself as a reader, and I didn't think I needed help finding (laughs) books or being happy uh, diving into the written word. Right. So that was my opinion. Yeah. I was probably a rough student to be teaching because I was just kind of stubborn and, yeah, rebellious. Yeah. (laughs) 
I probably was outwardly. Nobody, nobody who knew me would have ever said that. They thought I was a good girl, but I just felt like that. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I hated being told what I had to read. Yeah. Well, and and we'll get to this on the list too of like every book that I was assigned to read in school, I finished except for one. Okay. And I think that that goes back to the fact of I, because of my schooling experience up to high school. And even through high school, it was in college when I started to push against a little bit that because I had excelled so easily that I felt like I had to maintain this image of being a really good student, that I had to finish the books, I had to finish all the assignments, like I had to do all of that, which then put that odd pressure on of now I have to really enjoy this book or I have to really know what I'm talking about with this book because of this previous standard that I had. Well, now that we were all incredibly philosophical about this, what were your, you talked a little bit about being rebellious about assigned reading, but did you have any other thoughts about the assigned reading that you had? I, I have many thoughts as an adult about the assigned reading I did in high school. I felt, well, first of all, we focus mainly on the Western canon. Mm. I don't remember reading any books outside of people who were writing in Europe in mm-hmm. the past or in America. I mean, even in high school, I read no mythology. I I didn't read anything outside of Europe mm. and the United States. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So very white <laughs> and also very male focused. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I struggled with in high school as I was feeling like I was being forced to read these books that I just, I couldn't identify mm-hmm. with and I absolutely did not care mm-hmm. about. So I really struggled with that. And I remember thinking even then that if I didn't like, if I wasn't a reader, mm-hmm. the books that were being forced on me would make me really not be a reader. Mm-hmm. I already loved reading, so it it didn't impact me as much. But I just thought about my classmates who didn't really enjoy reading or reading was a struggle for them. And then the books that we were being handed to investigate and evaluate would not do anything to encourage someone to be picking up a book. Yeah. (laughs) So I really struggled with that in high school. And looking back, I still have issues with the male centric focus mm-hmm. and the fact that we focus mainly on European and American literature mm-hmm. when there's so much other good stuff out there. Well, and that's a very interesting point of when I was in high school, because of the way that my marching band class fell, my, my band class, the history class that I could take when I was a junior, I could only take like world war one and world war two history. Mm-hmm. And there was a class for, um, I think they were calling it Eastern history, which would have included India or whatever. And Asia. Right. Yeah. And I didn't take that because of how my classes fell. So my my history, my literature, everything is very... Yeah, Westerns Right, right. And I think that is such a discredit because when you think of all of the incredible writings that come out of that part of the world, Arabian Nights mm-hmm. or um, things out of China, Art of War, not yes. whether you're reading Art of War in high school or not, but I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking you miss out on so much of integral pieces of work that influence the, the, the modern culture that right. we're in. Even sacred texts or folklore and right. mythology. I did not get any of that until I went to college. Mm. And then I took a world cultures course for a humanities mm-hmm. 
requirement for general ed. And I loved that course so much because mm-hmm. we did, we did Greek myth and we did Greek tragedy and we looked at Asian folklore. We looked at myths around the world about the creation of the mm-hmm. world. And it was fascinating to me. And I just think, why are we not doing that more in the high school setting? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I got some mythology in middle school, but it was in an English class. So I don't remember if we were just reading them and talking about them. I don't remember the context, but we did talk about mythologies. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think there's a, a major disservice that's being done to students that aren't receiving that information or that history or that literature. Because I think we we often forget how much of the past influences what's going on right now or or even to take it a step further of illusions that are being made or symbolism, right? Retelling, right? Or um, what's the movie with George Clooney that everybody quotes the um, the the one that's like the Odyssey? Oh, brother, where are they? Yeah, yeah. If people, how many people can identify that that's the Odyssey, Odyssey. or point out the different points yes. in the movie that match up with that? Right. And okay, you bring up an interesting point. You bring up an interesting point because I was listening to NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, and the people on that show were talking about required reading in high Mm, school. mm -hmm. And the one person, I think, is a librarian, and she was stressing that it is important for us, for schools, to push students to read hard things and also to read certain types of literature. And Shakespeare came up. Mm And uh, somebody else said, yes, I think it's true that everybody should read Shakespeare in high school because there's so much writing and entertainment and even commercials sometimes mm-hmm. that, that allude or reference a Shakespeare play or right. quote. Right. And you, you become an educated person and you can enjoy the sub layers of things mm-hmm. if you've been exposed to that. Right. And I, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. But I also... I question sometimes why why are we having required reading in school? Like, what mm-hmm. is the point? Right, is the point to get people to read and get them to be readers in their mm-hmm. lifetime, which I'm fine with. Sure. But if that's what you want to do, then you're picking the wrong books. Right, right. If you want to do something like prepare people to be able to engage in educated conversations or understand. Mm-hmm. references in culture mm-hmm. to people like Shakespeare mm-hmm. or the Bible or mm-hmm. mythology mm-hmm. or whatever, then that is fine. I'm fine with that. But then pick sources and books mm-hmm. that fulfill that. I think for the most part, though, in high school, reading is is done to help students evaluate a text or mm-hmm. place the text in context with history. Right. Although I didn't do a lot of that. Most yeah. of mine was looking at literature in a certain time period, reading through it, assessing it, digging deep. And then you take a test on it. You yeah. write essays or whatever. But pretty much what you're supposed to be writing is told to you. Yeah, Like there's not a whole lot of, this is how I experience the text. Mm-hmm. This is what I see within the text. Right. That doesn't happen in high school. And it can be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of skill building in these books instead of not preference building. But at least in the exercises that I had to do with some of these books, it was like identify 
the poetic structure that Shakespeare is using in these sonnets. Right. Instead of what are you, how are you understanding this sonnet? What are right. you pulling out of it? Personal versus not institutional, but your personal right. understanding of the, the the thing that you're reading versus a recipe that you're right. supposed to regurgitate right. back. Or what the educational system wants you to understand out of the text. Is it is this creating cookie cutter readers or is this creating or um, cookie cutter thinkers? Right. Yeah. Or is it creating people who are able to wrestle through an idea, think about it on their own and be able to verbalize and articulate why the idea that they they have about this makes sense with what's being written. Yeah. Then the other thing too is I just think it teenagers their brain is not fully developed yet. And some of the books that show up on high school lists mm-hmm. just cannot be fully comprehended or appreciated by teenagers. Mm-hmm. They can by adults, mm-hmm. but not teenagers. So I, I just feel like we we're missing opportunities to bring stories to kids who are 15 to 18, or even if you want to count middle school, like 13 to 18 stories that might inspire them, that might open their minds, but are stories that they can grasp. Right. Yeah. It, it walks a very interesting line between creating a setting where we can talk about these difficult topics. And some of the books that we're going to talk about do bring up hard ones, but what are the books that we're going to talk about and create a space to talk about? And what are the books that we're going to ban? And what is that line? And how do we figure right. that out? And we're not going to have a conversation right now about I was going to say, that's a whole other it is. can of worms. It is. But I think these two ideas kind of go hand in hand. What What is the criteria that that makes a book worthy to be talked about in class in an appropriate setting or not? Right. And what makes it worthy of being, being banned? banned? And how do you decide that? Well, and... I mean, you could take it a step further and say, what is banning? Mm -hmm. Saying that you do not believe that a certain aged person is not quite ready to wrestle with some of the topics in a book Mm -hmm. is not banning a book. It's being a responsible adult or saying this is not for you yet. It's not saying that you can't ever read the book, but now is not the time. Or we're not going to read it in class together. Right. But if you want to take it home and reading, read it in a setting in which you feel comfortable doing right. so, th- those are two very different things. Right. And I feel like there's a big whole sweep across the board of we're not reading this book in school. It's not allowed in school in general. Right. But And truly, banning books will be the thing that makes a kid pick up a book and read it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I read The Catcher in the Rye because I knew it was a banned book. Now, it oh, wasn't yeah. a banned book when I was in school. Sure. It wasn't banned from my school, but it was a book that ended up on a banned yeah. books list all the time. I read it and I remember finishing and thinking, what is the big yeah. deal? <laughs> yeah. Well, and we can get into funny lines of like, is banning books going to lead to Fahrenheit 451? Of this idea of... <laughs> reading is awful we're not you know yeah we're it it walks a very dangerous line but that's a whole conversation for a whole other time right i am a firm believer in giving children and teenagers books that are appropriate to their what do i want to say brain capacity Mm -hmm. their emotional intelligence or maturity i just think that that is that is what responsible adults do when they have 
children in their care. And when I say children, I mean up until the age of 18. Right. And that includes parents and teachers. We, we carry a huge burden mm-hmm. to make sure that we are exposing kids to the things that they need to be exposed to and also protecting them from things that are too big and too heavy and beyond their understanding mm-hmm. until they're ready for it. Yeah. That's all. I mean, an example of that is I read Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty serious scene in that book of lynching. Yeah. Now, I've always, not to toot my own horn, but I've always been a rather mature person and mm-hmm. I can handle difficult things like that pretty early. Yeah. But I, I remember that it sparked a conversation in fifth grade and I talked all about my fifth grade teacher on the show, but it, it it suddenly spurned on a conversation in class about what that time in history was like, what is lynching? And yeah. and for some students, that probably was not the right place to have that conversation. Or that or the right time they weren't ready for right. it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So this this is a very nuanced yes. conversation and, and I think we could really keep going in this. Right. But we have quite a long list of books to get through. <laughs> it gets tricky. Yes. And I I don't I'm not passing judgment. I'm not I'm actually not saying anything. I just gave my opinion. I just feel like as a, as responsible adults who, who want the best for the next generations, Mm -hmm. we need to be conscious of what is appropriate for them at the appropriate time. I am not for book banning. I am not for curbing free speech or free writing. Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to do what they want to do so I can do what I want to do. But that doesn't mean it needs to be available to Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. all the time. Right. And just as a point of clarification, I read Rule of Thunder, Hear My Cry on my own. Like it was not a it was not an assigned book. And it was that word lynching that I was unsure of that I asked the question privately uh-huh. and that it, it, it brought, brought the conversation. Right. My teacher was not like, oh, let's let's right. read this book. It was well, then a, he handled it appropriately because right. you talked about it. Yeah. I mean, it was a big class discussion, but yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we have talked for quite a while about this. <laughs> <laughs> we today, instead of trying to brainstorm all the different books that we read in high school and because high school for us in the States spans four years that was quite a lot of books for us to think about right so you found this list on goodreads of goodreads now it really is a hundred books that are read in more school. than a hundred right yeah but you we're just going to look at the top 50 yeah we're going to go from 50 down to number one and we're just going to read them off and talk about the ones that we did read and um kind of go from there i think we're going to throw in some of dad's picks in yes. here as well yeah so this is just going to be a little bit of a rapid fire right. conversation back and forth. And just to clarify, this is a list on Goodreads of the most common books that show up on high school yes. must be read lists yes. or acquired reading lists. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think there are 800 books on the list, Jeez. <laughs> but the, these are the top 50 books that most people read in high school and we will just link the list instead of typing out all of these titles we'll just link the list yeah i think that'll just be easier absolutely um down below for your perusal yeah the reason that we're bringing jay's books in julia's dad my husband is he went to a different school district than julia julia and i went to the same school district so surprisingly the list hasn't changed that much from when i was in high school to when julia was but jay's list of required reading is significantly different. So Mm -hmm. we're going to bring those in as well. Yeah. So number 50, like I said, we're going to go 50 to one. 
The 50th book on this list is Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Did you read this? Not in high school, but I have read it as an adult and it is an excellent book. I think it does a better job of doing what the color purple was trying to do. Uh, And see, I read the color purple. The the color purple is not on this list. No, but it does. It actually shows up later in the list. Mm -hmm. I read color purple when I was in high school. Um, as required reading no on my own okay on my own but because i read that and i haven't read there as we're watching god i really like the color purple and it's so interesting that we had a reverse experience of that and i think that's just the nature of when we read what first did you read their eyes were watching god yet you should and then you can yeah you can compare yeah okay number 49 is mythology by edith hamilton did you read that one not in high school okay and i actually have never read the whole thing oh okay is this a, is it just a compilation of mythology? Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a very famous compilation. Okay. All kinds of mythology or just Greek? Greek? Okay. Greek gotcha. mythology. Number 48 is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Um, this is one of Maya Angelou's autobiography. It's number one. Thus, it's by Maya Angelou. Yes. Did you read this one in school? No, I did not. And I'm ashamed to say I've never read it. <gasps> I yeah. read this at the beach a couple years ago and it is... It is a heart wrecker yes. of a book. It's it's very, I think if I had read it in school, it would have been a hard book to read in school yeah. for me. That you don't feel like you would have been able to handle it emotionally? I'm not sure it would have been handled the way it should have been okay. in school. I think maybe how I want to say that. No discredit to my teachers. Mm-hmm. I just, maybe based on who I am as a person, I would not have thought that it would have been handled well. Okay. Uh, 47 is the Oedipus Rex play. The, the Theban plays? Yeah, number one. Yep. Yeah. By Sophocles. Did you read that at all? Not in high school. Oh, that was okay. one I read in college and okay. loved it. Yeah. Okay. We talked about it in my senior uh, comp class, but we didn't read it. We talked about that and the Alexa complex. Okay. Um, as well. But we didn't we didn't read it. It's a good one. It's an it's a quick, easy read. It's not hard. Yeah, and because it's so looped in with culture right the oedipus complex or the electra complex these are things that we like and when you say greek tragedy this is the tragedy it's the one that pops into everybody's head first right Right. i don't like greek tragedies (laughs) uh number 46 is moby dick or the whale by herman Meville. i have never read it but it Mm. is on my tbr because this is a book that is alluded to often in other literature, mm-hmm. in entertainment, mm-hmm. in movies, whatever. So I do want to read it, but I haven't read it yet. Is this the one that they read in All the Light You Cannot See? No, that's 20,000 Leagues Under yes. the Sea. Yeah. Okay. Which is um, Jules Verne. Yeah. yeah. This is Ahab. And yes. The, and the Whale. And the Whale. Yeah. yeah. 45 is The Pearl by John Steinbeck. I've read The Pearl, but not for school. <laughs> and I actually mentioned The Pearl in our travel log podcast episode yeah from mexico i love john steinbeck's writing and this is how i discovered him with this book but i did not read it in high school okay number four is the importance of being earnest by oscar wilde no i didn't read that one either uh i did read picture dorian gray in middle school i don't think that's on this list no it's not it's not in the top 50 but it was in the list yes i've read a picture I did not like that book. <laughs> I thought it was good. I'd like to reread it and take my time with it. I I think 
the the premise was really interesting and i think i was reading it a little too young mm-hmm. um i think so too there's a lot going on there's there a that lot. you probably didn't pick up on no but i just remember not liking it it, it made me irritable <laughs> The importance of being earnest is a light, fluffy comedy. I've seen the movie, but I never read the book. Okay, 43 is The Red Badge of Courage by Stephen Crane, or would that be Stephen Crane? You can say it. Stephen Crane. Yeah. Yes, I read this in school. And this is one of the books that I remember thinking, why, why (laughs) are they making me read this story? I just did not enjoy it at all. And I'm looking here at the Goodreads rating. It has a rating of 3.28. So there aren't many people that actually really like it. Mm -mm. I don't remember anything about it except that it's about the Civil War. Yeah. And somebody enlists and then runs away. Did Aaron read this? I don't know. I feel like it's one of the ones that he talked about. I don't remember. Yeah. But it was not my favorite. I did not like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I might have been 13. I was a 13-year-old yeah. girl in yeah. middle school reading The Red Badge of Courage. And it just so was meaningless tricky. to me. Yeah. 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 Number 42 is The Taming of the Shrew. And this is by good old William Shakespeare. Yes. I did not read this. No, I, but dad did. He did. This was a signed reading. And they also mm-hmm. watched the movie with Elizabeth Taylor mm. and Richard Burton. Okay. Now, I've seen the movie, mm. but I have never read the play. I haven't either. Um, I actually know very little about about the, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It irritates feminists because it's about a a woman who is difficult, and she marries a man, and the whole story is him, like bringing her to heal. And so, so kind it of like people. what is it? The yellow wallpaper by. Well, there's there's no psychological horror related to it. It's just no, but I mean, it's the idea of woman not being understood and needing to comply. And I guess yeah, you could make that connection. I forget who wrote the yellow wallpaper. Yeah, I can't remember. Not off me, the top of no, my head. but that one made me very angry. I did read that one in college, yes. not in high school. Yeah. Okay, forty one is Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Thank you. Yeah. No. I did not read mm-hmm. that in high school. That was not assigned reading. No, not for me. Okay, next. Uh, we did talk about it. I think we talked about it in my English class, my senior comp class. That okay. my my senior comp teacher was your stereotypical English teacher whose hair was always kind of floppy. His glasses were always a little smudged, very excited about what he was talking about, but awful reading his students. <laughs> like, he was the stereotypical English teacher. Okay. And he he... <laughs> Talked about so much in that comp class. So we did talk about Slaughterhouse Five. It might have just been passing in a class or two, but I remember that conversation. But you didn't read it. Okay. Uh, Number 40, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. I honestly can't remember. I feel Mm -hmm. like I read this for school because I knew the story pretty well. Mm -hmm. But because it was assigned reading for you and your brothers, I reread it. Sure. And... I enjoyed it. Yeah. Not as much as Huck Finn, but I did enjoy it. I I like Huckleberry Finn better than I like Tom Sawyer as a person, like as a character. But I did not, I I don't know. I can't remember if I read Tom Sawyer in high school. I think I might have. Tom Sawyer wasn't assigned like summer reading or winter reading, whatever. And I have 
a very frantic memory of like the day before classes being halfway done with the book and trying to finish it in time and do all of the materials. Mm-hmm. So that was, we definitely read it. And then a little bit of a side note here. I, I've mentioned that I collect antique books mm-hmm. and one of my biggest regrets, and it sounds so superficial, but it is like one of my biggest regrets is I have a copy of Tom Sawyer and in the inside cover of the book, it says, Merry Christmas from dad and mother dated 1954. Mm-hmm. Okay, super cool. At an antique store that I was at right before that I was married, I found the Huck Finn that had that same note in it and I never bought it. You didn't buy no. it? So oh, I'm missing no. the pair of that and it will forever, forever <laughs> kill me that I passed up having this completed set of somebody's Christmas gift from the 50s. Uh-huh. So that just, it annoys me to my core. <laughs> Okay, so and something. I I actually really like Mark Twain's writing. I yeah. don't have any issues with that. No, his is perfect for like you get such a sense yeah. of that time in history yeah. in America with the vernacular mm-hmm. and it's just they're just so good for that glimpse of what life was like. Well, and I feel like he writes now I was never a little boy, but I feel like he writes this adventurous, chaotic, yeah, getting into trouble, <laughs> little boy, very, very well. And so it's like the perfect book to read for the summertime because of that adventurous. Kind Absolutely. Of spirit. Absolutely. Okay. So moving on, as I feel like we could continue to talk about Tom Sawyer, 39 would be Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. I have never read it. Mm-hmm. It is definitely on my TBR. And for those of you who listen to us regularly, you know that we're going to talk about the secret history in our next episode of Four Three Peas in a Pod. Yes. And I feel like this, Crime and Punishment, would be an excellent flight pick for yes. that book or companion read. Yes. I just think they would go just really well together. Mm-hmm. And I have a copy of Crime and Punishment, also purchased at an antique store. And it, it, it it's super thin. Like, uh-huh. it's not a huge chunk of a book yeah. no, I mean the writing is itty bitty but I think I think that book would be easy to read and I have a feeling I might like it a little bit better <laughs> but that's all for that episode <laughs> number 38 then is a separate piece by John Knowles yes I read this in high school and I loved this book oh really yes I loved the story I loved how it made me think about things like jealousy and Mm. envy and impulse control, like the things that we do sometimes that we wish we could just take five seconds of time back from Mm. our life so that the consequences of those actions wouldn't have to play out. It's an interesting story about friendship and I just, it's beautifully written, I Mm -hmm. think. And even when I was in high school, I loved things that were beautifully written. So I enjoyed a separate piece. Um, Your dad, Jay, had to read that too for school. And he really enjoyed that story as Mm. well. It's a good book. Okay. And it's not long. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the other thing. Some of of the required reading was just ridiculous as Mm -hmm. far as length goes. But Mm -hmm. this one was not. It was a quick, easy read. It had a lot of really good, good themes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of melancholy. I don't always like melancholy (laughs) stories. Evidenced by the one I just DNF'd, but that's (laughs) But you never read a separate piece. No. I'm wondering if that was maybe like a thing when we were in high school and it has kind of dropped away. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, well, I it, would have to look at some of the ones that I read and see if there's any themes there that yeah. maybe they were trying to emphasize a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it is number 38, so a fair amount of people are reading yeah. it in school. Okay. 37 is Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. And this is a play. I believe this was it a is play. a play, yes. I did read this. I did too. And I read this in my senior comp class and we spent quite a bit of time talking about it. I don't remember when I read it, Mm. but I do, I remember really thinking about this book. I can't say I loved it, but I definitely felt like I spent a lot of time contemplating Mm -hmm. the outcomes of actions and the long-term effects Mm -hmm. based on some of the decisions that... um, I don't that even, are made. I don't yeah. remember what the man's name is, but the dad, the decisions he yeah. made had a big impact on his son in particular. Maybe that's, and we're going to get to a big disagreement book between us here shortly, but I think that's my issue with some of these books is I don't agree with the decisions that are made. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to, maybe I'm more strict with characters in books than I am in real life. I have less grace for them mm-hmm. because if I don't understand a decision or if I don't agree with that decision or think that there were other ways out, then I have a more difficult time liking the rest of the story or liking the other characters because I just, okay, I just don't get it. Okay. So maybe, I don't know. I didn't like death of a salesman, but I could also just not like reading plays either. That could be true too. There, It's not my favorite. Maybe that's why. I say that I don't know if I felt one way or the other. I just remember that it was a story that impacted me. Sure. The themes. Sure. 36 would be The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I'm going to say that that's how you say it. That's how we'll say it (laughs) because we're American. We We are. We have good French accents. Even if I tried French, it would come out Italian. So I'm just not even (laughs) going to. My my specialty was German. So I'm really not going to get that right. Right. Did you read The Little Prince? Not in high school. Okay. I have read it as an adult. Okay. I know this is a beloved book. Mm-hmm. It did not yeah. work for me in any way, shape, or form. So yeah. I'm, and that's fine. If 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 our listeners love it, I'm so happy for them. Mm-hmm. It just was not a book for me. There was a movie on Netflix a while ago, and I think it was a claymation movie, mm-hmm. that either was called The Little Prince or something similar to The Little Prince. And I really enjoyed that, but I'm a sucker for claymation movies. Mm-hmm. And this was done not like Tim Burton claymation, but like it reminded me now that I've seen it, but the Fantastic Mr. Fox kind of not wispy, but like there's significant yeah. movement and things. Yeah. And maybe I think that's why I liked the movie. I'm not sure if I would read the book if I would like it that much. I think the movie would be fine. I just, I think it would be fine. The book itself, I guess I was expecting more. I don't know. It just was not. It was not my favorite. I'll just say that. It wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. But Well, and the movie isn't solely the book. They add other things. Like yeah. the, 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 the story is told in the middle of the movie. Like it's not the whole thing. Okay. Number 35, The Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. No. I've actually never read any Ernest Hemingway at all. I feel like I have, but I couldn't have told you when. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember people talking about this in elementary school, but I don't know if that was just because of grades above me having read it for whatever reason and yeah. hearing it trickle down, but I didn't read this. It's basically just a man fishing, mm-hmm. an older man fishing. I think his fish gets eaten by a shark before he can get it back to land. Well, that's a very sad thing. And the interesting thing is 
people see all this symbolism Mm -hmm. in the book and Hemingway says he just wrote about a man fishing. Like he wasn't trying to make it a big symbolic story. Mm -hmm. So I think that's funny. Well, and that goes back to our conversation earlier of reading just to enjoy it or reading to understand things. And And are we, are we making meaning out of something that wasn't intended to be Right. There's so many, I was never on Tumblr, but I know Tumblr was a big thing. And it still is actually. Yeah, yeah, just not as big as I think it was. But anyway, I have seen so many like Tumblr posts of people are like, why is my English teacher making me figure out what the meaning be- behind these blue curtains in this book is? The curtains can just be blue, right? And just like <laughs> arguing about that when right. really Does the blue actually mean anything. Right. Yeah. Or is somebody like I like to write half the decisions I make about the characters or things that I'm writing are just because that's how I'm seeing it in my head, not right. for yet any other reason. Right. So, but again, I guess we could keep talking about right. that forever. And so ever. no old man in the sea for me. Right. Uh, 34 is The Canterbury Tales by Jeffrey Chaucer. Yes. We did not read all of them, mm-hmm. but we read some of them. And I actually really enjoyed that experience. Mm-hmm. I like talking about it. The English teacher I had did a great job of making the stories come alive. And uh, yeah, I just really, I can't remember a single thing about it mm-hmm. now. But I know I liked it when we were mm-hmm. looking at it and discussing it. Yeah, we read this in, it was early high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was for me too. Yeah. And I remember not liking it, but probably because we were reading it section at a time and talking about it. I think if I was reading it all together, mm-hmm. that'd be different. I also remember, now I could have been in college when I learned about this, but that there is a tapestry that was discovered or a painting discovered somewhere of the full story of the Canterbury Tales in one of the buildings in England or in a museum somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think if I were to see that, then I'd be more inspired to go back and read this because seeing it all laid out the way that it, you know, is in the book would be more engaging. I think literature like Canterbury Tales or some of the older stories because of how it can be worded i need to see visually what's going on to understand it and yeah so i think well you're talking about old english i mean i forget right. when it was actually published maybe 14th century yeah that's old that's old <laughs> yeah i did not know either that the the movie a knight's tale with heath ledger was actually the canterbury tales i've never taken. seen that and and adapted to yeah. the movie. Yeah. Never seen it. It's and fun. I know I it's need to. Yeah. yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. 33, we're back to Shakespeare with Othello. No, no Othello for me. Mm. Nope. Yeah. That's not one that we read. 32 is Flowers for Algernon. Did you read that one? I did not. I know the book, but I never read it. Um, that one is by Daniel Keyes. Did you read it? No. No. Yeah. Nope. 31 is Beowulf, and this is an unknown author, and that, I believe, is because it was an oral history, an right. oral story it's until old. it was written down. Yeah. yeah. Very old. Yes. Yes. Read this, loved it. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yes. But this is about as close as you get to myth yeah. that, we, that I studied in right. high school. Right. I just remember really, really enjoying it. I, I remember loving Beowulf but again I think this ran the route of I would have loved it more if I studied it on my own instead of in class yeah and I I think I'm past the point where I can learn languages easily but a part of me is very fascinated with old languages Mm -hmm. like old English or whatever and I loved when we were reading this because it allowed me to look at the speaking patterns and the language patterns of what old English might have been like Mm -hmm. and it was 
a good time for me to like it was just really inspiring for me about you know thinking about these old these really old people yeah it, when we were in scotland though i wouldn't have been thinking about beowulf at this time but it, it ties the two things together of i love old history like yes, that me too and i think maybe that's why i liked beowulf yeah when i did we didn't go to scotland at the time that i read this but it was a fun book to read because of that i think so too just the the history and the the oldness the weightiness mm-hmm. of the time that has passed yeah yeah Number 30 is A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. No, I've never read Tale of Two Cities. Mm -mm. Nope. I've only recently read my first Charles Dickens full-length book. So, Yeah, I have have started Great Expectations. That's not true. Great Expectations. Yeah. We'll talk about that then. Okay. But my problem with Charles Dickens is he's too wordy. Mm. And I know why. He got paid by the word, but Mm -hmm. it did... decreases my enjoyment of the reading it's a little chunky sometimes your eyes glaze over sometimes with what's going on because it's just words on a page although i will say that it lends very nicely to christmas carol because you can put it on in the background while it's snowing making christmas cookies and it just adds to the but that's a short book and i can handle all that wordiness in a shorter book but when a book is a thousand pages (laughs) although i don't think a tale of two cities is quite no as long as that yeah yeah no, no Tale of Two Cities for me. Number 29 is Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Did you read this one in school? No, but I have read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> I read it. Um, and at the time that I read it, I really liked it. Did you read it in high school? No, not okay. in high school. Well, you got me some of those beautiful Barnes & Noble classics yeah. in high school. So I might have read it in high school, but, but it not in class. required reading. Okay. Right. At the time, I really liked this story. I'm not sure if I were to read it now if I would like it as much. But I am very fascinated with the English Moors, and that's where this book is set. And I think that I was in my Jane Eyre, Jane Austen, Romeo and Juliet, romantic, whatever, when I read this. And so it just totally captured me. I actually would like to read it again because I think it's a great study in people with psychological issues and generational trauma. Yes. Generational trauma, the consequences of abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to dig into, but I don't think I was prepared for that. I think I was expecting it to be like this wonderful romance and that's not what it was. Yeah. No, there's, I wouldn't even say there's solid romance. There's no, well, there's none really until the very, 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 very end. And, and even then, it's, it's not the people that you think it's supposed to be. Well, but if you want a sweeping romance, you want Jane Eyre, yes. you want Pride and Prejudice, yeah. you want Sense and Sense. Like, yeah. you you want these things. And it's this was not yeah. it. This was not it. Okay. 28. <laughs> Moving on to maybe a happier story. 28 is The Hobbit, which is the prequel yes. to The Lord of the Rings. I have read The Hobbit numerous times and I'm telling you if we would have read it in school I would have been there in the front row early every single day (laughs) but no we did not read that in school Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I didn't this was not assigned reading either but I did read it in middle school Mm -hmm. and it's so funny how my reading has kind of changed or matured over the years because I read Jane Eyre um, in middle school and had no issues with the writing I read The Hobbit in middle school and struggled with the writing and was like I want to like this and I can't. Yeah. So I want to go back and read it again because I know the story. And yeah. And I, I think, I think the Hobbit, you do the, 
you get older and you will enjoy the story and the writing more. Yeah. It is rather snarky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bill Gandalf cannot stand anybody for anybody's sake. <laughs> well, but Bilbo gets very... I mean, he's never ugly to the dwarves, but he says some things because they're being ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Number 27, A Midsummer's Night Dream by Shakespeare. No, I've never read that play. Mm -hmm. I have seen the movie Mm -hmm. um, and loved it, but Mm -hmm. never read the play. I read this on my own. No, I don't remember if I was in high school or college, but I remember there was one summer evening that I sat down with the windows open (laughs) nonetheless and listening to the summer night and I read. That would be a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a quote in the in the story, though, though she be but little, she is fierce. Mm-hmm. And I had, that was a phone case of mine for a while. Yeah. So it was just really cool to read that in context. Yeah. And I am very short. Yeah. And I like that phrasing because it reminds me that I can be a powerhouse even if I'm itty bitty fun size. <laughs> Number 26, then, is The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. No, I have never read that. I would like to read more of Steinbeck, but I think I would like to read East of Eden before Grapes of Wrath. Mm. I have Grapes of Wrath. I got it at it either a book sale or the antique store. And because I know what happens in that story, it's one of those where I just might have on my shelf as a collection. Right. And, not, and actually not, <laughs> not pick up read. and read. Yeah. But I do know that Steinbeck does write stories that deal with difficult he sure does. things. And yeah. That's his cup of tea and might not be for me. (laughs) Okay, so 25 is Great Expectations by Charles Dickens, which we did kind of talk about briefly. Yes, I had to read this. This was a book that my rebel spirit really (laughs) really came out. Yeah, it really came out in full force. I ended up skimming a lot of this book. Mm. I just did not enjoy it. I remember the very, very ending and I remember very well miss havisham and Mm. the weird stuff but other than that again charles dickens very wordy this was a huge book and it was not a fun experience for me and look i was reading big books then i read anna karenina that's a big book and loved it yeah so it's not that i couldn't handle big books or heavy topics Mm -hmm. or Writing that was a little bit not how I was used to hearing Mm -hmm. people speak. It was just this particular book I couldn't get behind at all. Yeah. I have started Great Expectations, and I think it's run the path of it's a little hard to get into, and I am just struggling to understand his writing mm-hmm. and it's in one of the big Barnes and Noble anthologies. So not only do I have the book open to the middle of the book and it's big and heavy and but maybe I, I should give it a I should give it a shot. It's a classic. It's Charles Dickens, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. And I guess to answer the question, no, I didn't read it in school. <laughs> Number twenty four is Frankenstein by Mary Wollstone Craft Shelley. Did you read that one in school? No, but I have read it. Yeah. And it's a great book. Yes. We read this one in school. I remember quite vividly the cover of the book. And I remember the absolute emphasis that our teacher had on the triune nature of the story and that we couldn't read the book in a day without talking about how it fell within the triune nature of the story, being a letter within a letter within Within a letter. letter. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, very good story and a very good one to read this time of year yeah i actually read it because you and your brothers were assigned it Mm. as reading in school so i just picked it up and thought "Mm, Mm -hmm. i'm gonna read it too Mm -hmm. i do think 
your brothers really liked it. It was one of the assigned readings yeah. that they really liked too. I remember Mark in particular talking a lot about it mm-hmm. as he was reading it. I think I would like it better now if I bought my own version and read it. I think there was something about the 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 the, the edition yeah. of the book that I was reading that just it just felt like a book I couldn't get into. And that sounds so silly, <laughs> but if the pages are a certain size or the writing is a certain the size, print's too small, yeah. right? Or it looks like it's super super dated, yeah. I sh- I just kind of innately yeah. struggle with getting into it. So, yeah. but I would like to reread this one. Number 23, another Shakespeare. Uh, and this one is Julius Caesar. No. I didn't either. Not for me. Nope. No. I mean, I'm not saying that the play is not for me. No, I just meant right. it wasn't assigned reading for yeah. me. Yep. 22 is The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Great book. Mm-hmm. Found it in middle school. Loved it. Read it a couple times through high school, but it was never assigned reading for me. However... I think it should have been because I think almost everybody would have loved it. It's a Mm. great, great book. I have never read this. And it was, I don't think in any of the circles, reading circles around me when I was growing up, like in elementary school, there were different breakdowns of reading levels. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was in any of those levels, which it wouldn't have been. But middle school, I don't remember it being talked about anywhere. So I don't think that this was part of my education path in any way. So it's, I should read it. Actually, it ticks all my boxes. It's written by a young woman. They actually made her use her initials so mm. that nobody could tell she was a female. Oh, gosh. So it, it, it fulfills what I was saying about what was missing in my reading mm. experience. Sure. Books written by women. Now, the story, the story is about young mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. like really young, 14, 15, 16. But. Oh, it's so good. I I need to go back and read it again now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Yeah. And I think it should be on reading lists for high school students. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't read it as required reading. Sure. Okay. 21 is Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. I read this in high school and loved it, but it was not required reading Mm. for me. I didn't read this one either, but it was one of the ones talked about in my senior comp class. Okay. 20 is Night by Ellie Wiesel. Um, Did you read that one? Not for school, but I did read it. Yes. Yeah. I read this one in college when I was taking a philosophy class on death Mm -hmm. and dying. Mm -hmm. It's a hard. It is. It's a very hard book to read. He's a a prisoner in in a concentration camp. Yeah. So. And has to go on a march with his father. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It's. It was difficult for me to read but I've I've been to Doc Howe, so I I could picture in real life some of the settings, um, and I think it just that made reading it more difficult for me to to it amplified the reading experience, maybe not in the most enjoyable way. Mm-hmm. Number nineteen, The Crucible by Arthur Miller. Yes, yeah, I did too. <laughs> it was fine. I. I yeah, I just don't have anything to say about it. I know that it was supposed to be like um, an allegory of McCarthyism in the 1950s. And I just didn't care is <laughs> the biggest, is my biggest thing. I just didn't care one way or the other. And this is another play. And yeah. I don't like reading plays. I think my issue with this one is it's the Salem Witch Trials. And that's a very fascinating period of time. Mm-hmm. But... All of the women I felt were written as incredibly hysterical. And I like that was the point. I know. And I just 
that's not women. That's not how we are. Like, don't. <laughs> We're not all like that right. anyway. Yeah. Right. No, duh, you think things are going crazy because you're telling. Yeah. Women do not do well when they're told that they're something that they're not. Right. So I, I struggled with this book. <laughs> Number 18 is The Giver by Lewis Lowry. I read this, mm-hmm. but not for school. Yeah. But I think it would be a good book to read. For it would be a really reading. good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book on its own. Yes. But it's discussable. I mean, yeah. I could just, I could see it being a really good book to discuss in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. 17 is Jane Eyre by Miss Charlotte Bronte. Did you read that one for school? No, but I have read it yeah. and loved it. I've read it numerous times. I think we've talked about it, what, once or twice on the show? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it comes up <laughs> you know, frequently. <laughs> I read this one for school and I remember the absolute joy that I experienced because I'd read it once or twice up until this point. I remember the absolute joy that I had when I found out that it was a required summer reading and that I could answer every single question (laughs) on the test. I wasn't trying to be that student, but if nobody else knew the answer, I was the one that had my hand. Like, so it was a really, really good time to be alive. Yeah. (laughs) And I can recognize how it can be. You know, if it's not your cup of tea or if it's maybe you are a teenage boy who yeah. is just not like I get it. I understand it. Yeah. I watched the movie with Mark because he didn't want to read the book. It was him or Aaron, I think. I know Aaron watched the movie yeah. instead of reading the book, which you miss out on so much. But <laughs> the movie is good, especially if you watch the one with Ruth Wilson and Toby yeah, Stevens. That's I the best agree. one to watch. Yeah. So Jane Eyre, I, whether it should have been read in school or not, I don't know, but. I'm lots, glad it did. lots of there are lots of themes to discuss in that yes. book for sure. Yes. Number 16 is Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. I have read this, but I did not read it for school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't required. For, yeah. I keep saying I didn't read it for school, but I didn't read it because it wasn't required. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> I read this one, too. Uh, it was not required. I don't remember when I read it, but I, I have yeah. definitely read it on my own. Number 15, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Not for school, but no. man, I've read it yeah. many, many times. Yes. I have many versions of it, mm-hmm. all kinds of different editions upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Pride and Prejudice. I don't think we re- we didn't read any major Jane Austen, but I know that we talked about her in Brit Lit because of the impact that she had on um, literature. Yeah. After yeah. follow like following her writing. Yeah. 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 Number 14, The Odyssey by Homer. I did not read this in high school, but I have recently read it, the new version by Emily Wilson, and I really, Mm. really, really enjoyed it. I just remember telling Jay that I had no idea that Greek men cried so much. (laughs) Because they do. Mm -hmm. They cry a lot in The Odyssey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it was... The war was 10 years, and then it took 10 more for mm-hmm. Odysseus to finally get home. And then he's only there for a while, and he leaves again. But anyway, that's a different... It's a whole... Yeah. It wouldn't be a Greek story without some level of nonsense yeah. to it. Number 13 is The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. I have read this, but not for school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to read it for school, and I've started it. I have yet to finish it. Yeah. Number 12, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. I don't think I read this for school. I'm I'm more sure that I read Tom Sawyer. Right, right. But I have read Huckleberry Finn. I actually mm-hmm. read it because you guys, mm-hmm. you kids, were reading it as required reading, and I mm-hmm. was just curious, so I read it. Yeah. I don't recall. I know I know the story of Huck Finn, but I don't recall if it was a like a summer reading or if it was one that we read in I school. know we... I, 
when you guys were younger, we had the abridged versions of mm. all those books. And I wonder if maybe you picked it up and read an abridged maybe. version. I don't know. Yeah. And it could just be one of those things of knowing that the stories go together that I just yeah. paired it together. And that was that. Yeah. So it is likely that I did read it in school. I just don't remember. Uh, number 11 is 1984 by George Orwell. Yes, this was required reading for me, and I read it in 1984. Oh, what a meta moment, Mom. <laughs> I know. I think I read it in ninth grade, okay. but I, I know for sure I read it. I haven't. I I had to watch the movie for a class in college, or like it was bonus points mm-hmm. or something. And I have I bought a copy at a bookstore where the cover was all chewed up, and I have gone ahead and rebound it. So I have a really cool copy yeah. of 1984 at home. But no, I didn't have to read this for school. I don't remember much about it, but I know I had to read it. I remember I didn't like the movie, but I think it was just the the way that the movie was done that I didn't like the styling of the movie. Mm-hmm. Number 10 is The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this I think this is a book that is done a disservice by making teenagers read it sure i feel like this is a book that is much more appreciated by adults sure i just remember being so incredibly frustrated with the entire situation Mm -hmm. why hester Prynne was allowing people to treat her like they were why she was protecting Mm -hmm. the man who made her pregnant and then on top of it i just didn't i didn't understand why she just didn't leave because I didn't have a bigger concept of what the historical setting right. was. And I obviously we didn't talk about that much right. because I that was never clarified for mm-hmm. me. And when I was a teenager, I was very much a black and white kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't handle injustice well. Like injustice made me angry. Mm-hmm. And so this book was just a frustration from beginning to end. And it's it's kind of dry. It's very dry. So, yeah. Yeah. I read it. I did read it, but I mm-hmm. did not have a good experience. Yeah. I read this one in 10th grade. I very clearly remember how dull and long those classes were when we had to read this mm-hmm. um, because it is a very dry book. Yeah. And I, di- I didn't like anything that was going on. I didn't like the writing. I didn't understand why we had to talk about it. I didn't understand why we had to do the exercises about it. I didn't understand why it was picked. I was very annoyed the whole time. This book was class subject. Number nine is Hamlet by Shakespeare. No, no Hamlet. Mm-mm. Nope, not for me either. Number eight is The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. I already mentioned that I read yeah. this just to find out why it was banned. Yeah. So we obviously didn't read it in school, (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't banned at our school. We just didn't read it. Um, And really, I remember very, very little about it. Mm. That is how much of an impression the book made on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I've never read this. I've never read this. Number seven is Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. I did not read that, but I know you guys had to read it. You, Mark, and Aaron. (laughs) I think you told us this story on another chapter. Maybe I might have cut it out. Oh, I don't okay. remember. But this is the one book in school that I never finished. And it is because at this time, I, at the time that I read this, I was volunteering with those with special needs. Yeah. And there's a character in this book that does have, I believe he's described as having low IQ. 
and the end of the book, I knew what was coming and it was emotionally upsetting to me. And I never finished the last two pages because I knew it was going to happen yeah. and I didn't feel that I needed just to did, read that. Yeah. Now, I w- I've been saved twice because I didn't finish reading it. And then we watched the movie and this class for me felt the, the spring semester. And the the last scene of the movie happened the last 10 minutes of class and the bell for the last day of school rang like right before the final scene or right before this big thing right. happened so i didn't even have to see it okay. so i totally like you lucked out all the I way did. around i did yeah. and i am so thankful for it because i think it would have ruined the last day of school i mean john stein he can write and oh, yeah. he tells good stories and is definitely very at least i think at the time at which he was writing he had a good pulse of what was the the, the major humanity issues at the time mm-hmm. um i just i know myself too well to not it wasn't read some for, of it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah number six macbeth by shakespeare yes read macbeth mm-hmm. and enjoyed it mm-hmm. very dramatic it's a tragedy it is a tragedy yes i enjoyed i enjoyed that shakespeare play we had to read this too and then we watched the movie with, oh, we just said his name, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Where they took the plan and I put it in yes. the movie. The movie helped me keep track of the storyline better. Number five, Animal Farm by George Orwell. Yes, I'm pretty sure I did have to read this. Mm. I don't remember when, but I do remember reading it. Okay. I didn't have to read this one at all. Okay. Uh, number four is Lord of the Flies by William Golding. I've read this book, but I didn't read it for school. Mm. I read it on my own. And it is also a very disturbing book. <laughs> I think I might have been better to read it with a group of people where we could discuss it mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But I read a different book that is very similar to Lord of the Flies. Okay. That is not on this list that okay. we'll talk about if we have a little bit of time. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have to read this in in school, and I didn't read it on my own either. Mm -hmm. Number three, Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes, 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 yes. I read this in school, and I loved every minute of it. I love this book. (laughs) Beautiful writing. (laughs) I will give you that. The writing is really good. Yes. We did read this one, and it was also in 10th grade, and I couldn't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) we read it then we watched the movie with robert redford and mia farrow she Mm. played daisy great gatsby and the secret history are very similar for me and that you have these characters that are they're flawed they're not really likable Mm. but it's this they're fascinating and there's just this train wreck that's just looming on the horizon and you just absolutely want to be there when everything happens. <laughs> Quit looking at me like that. I struggled with this story because I didn't like any of the characters. Yeah, it does make it hard. And sure, they are fascinating, but they, how do I say this? They can be fascinating and I cannot agree with them and and I cannot like them. Right. So I can recognize that, sure, yeah, great, totally fine. Interesting things happening. Time with that? No, I don't. The the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and I forget the the Carrie. uh, Is her first name Carrie? Yes. Okay. Anyway, 
from I don't know yes ten yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. That visually was fabulous to oh, look yeah. at, and Stunning. yes, and maybe the best way that I could swallow the story. And I do acknowledge that F. Scott Fitzgerald, he can write and he does write very well. Just is not a story for me. Okay. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. We all have our opinions. Okay. (laughs) Number two, Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare. Yes, we had to read that. I think that was ninth or 10th grade. Mm -hmm. We read the play. We read the play out loud. Mm -hmm. Like we all had parts and read them. And then we watched the movie an older movie. I don't even know who was it the in black actors. and white. No, but I don't remember who the mm. actors were. Okay. Yeah. And it was okay. fine. Yeah. I mean, Romeo and Juliet, the older I get, the less I like the story. It's just not it's not as romantic Same as way. everybody no, thinks it is. And yeah. I don't really care for Romeo. I don't no. know. I just it's okay. I'd actually rather read Macbeth. If you if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about the plays that I had to read in school, Macbeth is better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. There was a, a short period of time in my life where I was trying to be that that person who was reading all of the tragic romances and like. There's a term that I'm looking for and I can't think of it. I remember ta- I had a copy of Romeo and Juliet at the time and I remember taking you it. You want to be a sad girl. <laughs> something. It was something. But I remember taking a copy. I'm totally, totally like embarrassing myself as I say this. But I took a copy of Romeo and Juliet to a youth group retreat to sit and read. And I wanted somebody to come up and ask me why was I reading this and what did I like about it? Like I was trying to be that person. Did anybody do no, that? No, and I was so upset about it. <laughs> Well, at least you can look back and see oh, you were being a I ridiculous like, teenager. So, it's so upsetting that I did that. We did watch the movie in school, too. Um, we watched a black and white version or an older version. And then we watched the one with Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and and Claire Danes. Yes. And then my teacher must have really liked Romeo and Juliet because then she had us do a project where we had to create... We had to take the story and tell it differently. So right. some people did. I remember somebody did um, sports and theater. So it was like, you know, somebody was from theater. Somebody was from from sports. And you had to tell that story. Right. And I remember I had a bunch of friends over and we did like our the theme that we chose to do was soap opera. So right. I made it so dramatic and over the top. Yeah, and you videotaped everything. We did. Right? Yeah, I remember. And that. then my teacher asked for a copy of it because she said it was so good. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. And I had a ton of fun with that yeah. too. But I agree looking back, Romeo and Juliet is just such a it's such a silly story. Shortly after reading it in school, I found a book in the library from Rosaline's perspective. And it really put in light for me how fickle Romeo is. And then I was like, I can't stand the story anymore because he jumps from person to person. Right. So why Romeo do I was ruined? He's not your romantic lead anymore. No. No. At one point I had his full soliloquy memorized and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> Julia. I told you I was trying to be this this whatever. <laughs> and it was incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> well, number one. We've made it to number one. We have. Mm-hmm. And in this To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. No. I never read To Kill a Mockingbird until I was an adult. Wow. Yeah. Now, Jay, my husband, mm-hmm, your dad. Mm-hmm. Did read To Kill a Mockingbird mm. in school, but I did not. I didn't even. I don't even really think I knew anything about To Kill a Mockingbird until I was an adult. I read this 
I might have chose to read this in middle school. It was mm-hmm. not assigned for us. And I might have been bordering on too young for mm-hmm. it at the time. But yeah, it was not it was not assigned. So that's our list. Yeah, we made it through 50 books. We did. <laughs> now, I said the Goodreads list is 800 books long. Mm-hmm. So we, and we only looked at the first 50, but in the other 750 books are some other books that we had to mm-hmm. read in school. So um, Jay read, oh, he read a, The Catcher in the Which Rye. Which we didn't mention. And he read, well, we didn't talk about The Jungle. Right. He read To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Mm-hmm. He had to read that. He also read Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. Okay. And we already talked about The Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the books that he had to read. Mm-hmm. And then two that I had to read, actually three that I had to read that we didn't talk about. The Glass Menagerie by Tennessee Williams is a play. About a family, a mother who wants her very shy daughter to get a man. Oh, okay. It doesn't end well. Sure. It's kind of a sad play, but mm-hmm. I do remember it, and I, th- I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I also had to read The Chocolate War by Robert Cormier, mm. which I don't see ever, but it's about this, this school where the boys have to sell candy as a fundraiser. Mm. And there's all this pressure internally that everybody sells candy. And one kid decides one day that he's just not going to do it. Mm. And the book is the consequences of that. And mm. it's it's very cruel and mm. violent. And I did not like it. That's a little rough. Yes. Um in middle school, we read Call, I think it was Call of the Wild or White Fang. I can't remember mm. which one by Jack. They tend Linden. to be paired together yeah. anyway. And that, that was fine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Again, 13 year old girl reading about grown man freezing to death in mm. the wild. So, well, I mean, I read a portion of Walden in high school, mm-hmm. which was, yeah dry how do you make nature writing like that engaging to high school students when you're doing it for other purposes right right so and then finally i had to read my antonia by Mm. willa cather and i will be perfectly honest i did not read that whole book (laughs) i just remember feeling being bored Mm -hmm. which is such a teenage thing to say but Mm -hmm. it's the truth so those are some of the other books that I had to read. The only other book that I can remember, now granted, if I really, really used my brain power and thought about it, I might be able to think of one or two more. But the only other one that comes to my mind right now is October Sky by Homer Hickman, mm-hmm. which is the story of young boys in the 60s or 70s being inspired by Sputnik and yes. trying to put their own craft in the air and then ultimately getting um, recruited by NASA, something along those lines. I found it so boring. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you liked that no. or not. No, it was so boring. Yeah, I couldn't remember if the boys liked it either. But I do remember all of you reading it. And I think my issue is because of the technical scientific writing in that. Mm-hmm. It can. I am so touch and go with with nonfiction science writing. And that's exactly what this was. And I, I found it so boring. So it was a nonfiction story. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't it was even... an autobiography because yeah. Homer Hickman goes on to be a pretty important person in NASA. Oh, okay. Got it. So, See, I didn't even know what it was about. 
I don't even think I summarized it correctly, but <laughs> what a list of books. Listen, I would love to know if, well, I, I guess I'm just curious if what other high schools are reading. If they read, like if there's a, a general consensus across the board, if we all read Romeo and Juliet, we all read X, Y, and like, I, I'd be very right, curious. Right. It, I am curious to hear what other people are reading as required reading mm-hmm. in high school or what they had to read. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wonder if it changes by region in the United mm-hmm. States. And I'm sure outside of the United oh, States, yeah. the reading lists are completely different. Yeah. But in the U.S., are people reading regionally or mm-hmm. is there a difference b- between urban schools and schools that are more suburban or out mm-hmm. more rural right conservative versus more liberal areas of the country i'm i'm curious to see what the Public list would versus be versus private yeah. race majority versus and how that has a play right. in things as well right class yeah but it, you might have that said would play yeah that. class would play more in private schools yeah. versus public. It could also be area related. Yeah. 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 I Yeah, that'd be very interesting to look into and see what kind of the correlation is there. Yeah. I mean, we have a unique situation yeah. in that you and your brothers went to the same school district that I did mm-hmm. when I was growing up. The, totally unplanned. Uh, it right. wasn't anything <laughs> that we planned. It just worked out that right. way. So we have a very narrow view yeah. of what, required reading is yeah so yeah it would be would be interesting to hear what other people read Mm -hmm. in high school Mm -hmm. listeners i want to let you know in our upcoming chapter that we are going to be doing our third three p's in a pod episode we've invited a very special guest to come on with us and she has chosen the secret history to discuss so we will be discussing the book in detail with spoilers If you would like to be more in the know in the discussion, feel free to read The Secret History by Donna Tartt before our next episode, which will air in two weeks. Or you can just join us and get the whole story from us. (laughs) It's a rather complicated story with a lot of themes going on. So the discussion is going to be animated. And interesting. Yeah. Hopefully we can get it all together and cover mm-hmm. everything we want to because it is quite a book. There, yeah. And we have ton. quite quite a, a variety of opinions and, and views on the book, too. So it should be <laughs> yeah. a fun discussion. And our guest is just a lovely, sweet yes, person. Very articulate, has tons of thoughts to share yes. about the story. Big reader. And, yes. So I hope you will join us then. We also just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to us and supporting us with your ears. Mm -hmm. So we want to ask if you would take one step more and support us by rating and reviewing us. It just puts us out there to makes us more visible to more people. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, please share us with your reader friends. Yes. We would love that. We are trying to be more active on our Instagram. I'm always meme dumping or yeah. whatever dumping on our instagram story yeah. so you can always like we're always active there yes um and even if you can't rate and review us maybe even just share us on instagram yeah that's a, that's a good even way to to build the community more yeah but we thank you so much for spending part of your day with us today and we hope you'll join us back here in the next chapter bye friends 
We'd love for you to continue today's conversation with us at the booksnug underscore podcast on Instagram and at the booksnug podcast on Facebook. All of our episodes can be found wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as at our website, thebooksnugpodcast.buzzsprout.com, where show notes for every episode can be found. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thebooksnugpodcast at gmail.com. As C.S. Lewis, one of our favorite authors famously said, you can never have a cup of tea large enough or a book long enough to suit me. And we wholeheartedly agree. Agree.